It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. As we're teaching Georgia's youngest learners the importance of language, literacy, math, and social skills, it's also important to help them develop healthy eating and physical activity early on. And Commissioner, here's the challenge. We do most of that teaching leading by example, and that means all of us need to be eating well and exercising. And today, some tips on doing both. Well, I can't wait to hear those tips because um, I have young children myself and definitely try to lead by example. um, But I would love some tips for myself from... uh, from Diana. Yes, we have an expert joining yes. us to talk about developing and maintaining, that's the key, healthy habits, is Diana Myers, our new nutrition health educator here at DECAL. Diana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I know you're a listener of the podcast. I am. Every week I listen to my one this morning already. Did you? Okay. Yeah. okay. So good. How does it feel to be here? It feels very surreal. <laughs> it's my first podcast. I'm a very, very avid podcast listener. Yeah, yes. now you're on your very Is it own. everything you dreamed of? Uh, the li- we have the lights. We have a green screen in here because we do video projects in this same studio in the agriculture building here downtown, but uh, so glad you're here. First of all, tell us about um, yourself and your role here at DECAL, um, what you're doing. So prior to my role here at DECAL, I was actually in the Georgia State Coordinated Nutrition Master's Program, and I was completing that to become a registered dietitian. And within the program, you have to do over 1,200 rotation hours in food service, clinical, and community settings. So throughout this, I had a lot of experience with a lot of different target audiences, a lot of different environments. And so that's really come into my career here at DECAL. And so I've been here for about five months now, which is very exciting. So I'm right in my Georgia State backyard. And within my role at DECAL, I like to say I help in the how, the how to get the kids to eat the food. We provide food for them, but how do we get them to try it? How many food interactions do they have to have before they're open to trying new foods? I also do a lot on farm to early care and education and just creating those interventions and strategies to increase those healthy dietary options within our programs. Mm -hmm. That's great. So we need to show Diana the video when I first got here. Remember when I did the food challenge with Department of Public Health? Yes. Where we made pineapple fries dipped in strawberry banana ketchup oh and that was straight that was through our nutrition division and a previous person that held your position and she came up with a recipe and it was all about getting kids to try healthy food it is a terrible video but you might have to see it i may have to see just for laughs yes i was a nervous wreck i was gonna say actually now that you mentioned it we need to find it remember that post it no no post it (laughs) on a throwback thursday maybe on our facebook page but i'll definitely get you and then the commissioner of department of public health she made like a ninja smoothie or something (laughs) and then we had children do a taste test so you'll have to see it they're your big Yes, critics. Uh, yeah, really? they liked both, but I think they liked the smoothie better. Sorry, I digress. No, I love it. Uh, I was just remembering that. That was <laughs> terrible. So at DECAL, we know that our nutrition division administers CACFP, which is the Child and Adult Care Food Program and the Summer Food Service Program. But here's what may be an obvious question. Why is good nutrition so important in an early childhood setting? 
That's a great question. So when we look at our early childhood years, specifically our zero to five age range, we're really setting the stage for those healthy dietary habits. And I always like to say, as we all know, it's easier to create a habit than it is to break an unhealthy right. habit. Mm. So if we're able to set those stages earlier on, we're able to get those kids, reduce their risk of chronic diseases, specifically nutrition related ones, such as diabetes, hypertension, obesity, and heart disease. And then throughout the day, we're helping kids to stabilize their energy levels, improve their minds, even out their moods, moods during the day, and helping them maintain a healthy weight. And this just helps in their growth and developmental needs throughout that age range as they progress on in their life. Now, this is important, obviously, in the child care settings, but also very important in the home. Yes. We like to say parents are a child's first teacher. We're teaching them by our habits, aren't we? Yes. And throughout, so one of my, my master's capstone project was to create for Harvest of the Month kits for early care and education settings. And throughout my research that it's incredible how important modeled behavior is to these kids and how much they take from that. And if we model wellness for them, they'll model that back to us and actually hold us accountable for doing those healthy habits as well. Mm -hmm. I love these videos. I've got a lot of young friends that have young children and they'll video them experiencing some foods for the first mm -hmm. time. Lemons are particularly interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost cruel, you know, but then uh, I have one friend and her daughter loves lemons. And so they've got this video of her. She can't get enough of the lemon. Now, other kids, you know, it's a lot of ugly faces like what in the world? Yes. But we do demonstrate that. I I've also heard you, Diana, talk about food insecurity in Georgia among children. First of all, what is that and how bad of a problem is that here? So in Georgia alone, over 20% of our children, so that's one in five children, are food insecure. So that means that they don't have reliable access to a sufficient quantity of affordable, nutritious foods. Mm -hmm. So when they go home at night, they may not have food at their homes. So in our early childhood settings, we're able to provide that food and those healthier options, and also to increase their interest in trying new foods by providing those as well. So. I'm proud to be part of the nutrition division and helping provide those numbers, those meals. And I ha got a few numbers for today. So um, to date for our CACFP program, we have served almost 65 million meals to our kids across Georgia. And in our summer food service program, we've served over 4 million meals. So that's over 69 million, million meals provided to date to help with these kids who may not have access to that food mm -hmm. at home. That really an That's an resource, amazing yeah. number, but it's also impressive mm. that that many children need yeah. those meals to yes. me. You know, it's staggering. It uh, is. Millions of meals. So. So as parents and caregivers, we know we need to lead by example, and sometimes that's harder <laughs> than you think. But talk about some of the consequences of poor eating habits, and then talk about what are the benefits of, of good eating habits. So some of the consequences of poor eating habits really are all things that we strive to go against. Um, consequences include, uh, really impact our body in an all, all around way. So it's our mind, our mental health, our physical health. It includes fatigue, irritability, decreased productivity at work, decreased energy levels, decreased mental ineffectiveness or effectiveness, and increased risk of the previously mentioned nutrition-related diseases. So when you have a poor diet, you're at an increased risk of type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, obesity, things that we can really set the stage of and prevent at an earlier age rather than getting to the point where we're having to take medications mm -hmm. or having to be stricter about our diet throughout the way. 
I know limiting sugar is important for all of us, and it's really kind of a challenge because, you know, it's not just cutting back on candy. There's sugar in bread and in crackers and in pizza. How do you stay aware of that? So I, it's so funny when I first started nutrition because I've always been tied to the preventative side of it. And I feel like nutrition is the best way to prevent people from getting to the point where they have serious chronic illnesses. And so when you look in the food, when I would walk down the grocery store aisles, I would look at the food labels and be shocked that Mm -hmm. my pizza, my marinara sauce has sugar in it. And one of the nice things um, that's happened recently is the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has changed the requirements for the nutrition facts panels. And so now you'll be able to, I believe it's by 2020, you'll be able to look at the nutrition facts panel and see where the added sugars are. Because I think there's an important thing to note where fruits such uh, fruits and milk have natural sugars, right. but added sugars are added into our, th- into mm-hmm. our items. Mm-hmm. So they can be added into yogurt, they can be added into breads. And when we look at this, you'll be very surprised at how much we can see that. And being mindful and being more intentional of reading the nutrition facts panel will help us be more aware mm-hmm. of what's in our food. They're doing that more in restaurants oh, too. Yeah, now fast food places in particular. Like the calorie you, counts on the menu. Right. I, I guess it gives <laughs> you pause. It fine, does. It know. definitely does. It makes yeah. you yeah. think twice. Right. Right. So snacks. Let's talk about that. Boosting your energy. Uh, Diana does a great presentation, by the way, that um, I don't know if you do in the public or not, but they can contact you and maybe check it out if that's possible. But you talk a lot about how we need things to boost our energy levels during the day. A lot of times people go to the snack machine and get a candy bar or something like that. But there are healthy ways that we can also boost our energy. Tell us about that. Yes, absolutely. And I think this is probably one of my biggest questions that I get from early childhood centers are what are some creative snacks? And I think the biggest thing to look at is that, yes, snacks provide calories, they provide energy, but not all calories are created equally. So when we eat something that's that that quick boost, it's the high sugar, high fat content, we're going to have a big spike in energy levels, and then we're going to have an even bigger dive in energy levels. And so that's where you get those midday slumps post-lunch. And so choosing snacks with a combination of dietary fiber, lean protein, and healthy fat will help to slow down digestion. And so it provides that energy levels and a more sustained level throughout the day. So if, for example, you can choose something like a whole wheat English muffin with nut butter and fresh berries, pita bread with hummus and carrots, or a whole wheat quesadilla with black beans, salsa, and cheese. And that'll stay on you longer and provide a more nutritional dense snack throughout the day. That actually sounds good. It's delicious. Sounds wonderful. I need Diana with me all day long. Do you prep those snacks? Because (laughs) that's sometimes the issue, right? Um, So I know uh, when we talk about healthy eating, um, sometimes families are like, that's just out of my budget. I can't afford that. It's much easier just to get, you know, a can of of something or a, a box of macaroni and cheese for 79 cents, right? So can you give us any tips for eating healthy on a budget? Yes, absolutely. And after graduating with a family of three, I very much understand that sure. budget mindset. And I think it's important to um, to realize that managing with a budget takes some planning and awareness along the way and awareness of our resources, what different things you can look at. So there's lots of phone applications where you can can actually connect to your local grocery stores Mm -hmm. and see what the sales section. So that's the easiest thing is to shop the sales section. Another thing is noting that there's a lot of quality nutritious items that are cheaper and beneficial to you, such as peanut butter, dried beans, peas and lentils, Eggs, frozen fruits and vegetables, grains, oats, brown rice, and barley. 
And when you look at frozen fruits and vegetables, one thing to note is that when you choose them without any added sugars or sodium, you're actually, when they pick and harvest these items, they flash freeze them at a very, their prime nutrient level. So they're actually high in nutrients. Um, as opposed to something that may be coming from California, being harvested earlier, driving all the way over here and eating it now. So you actually be get, may be getting more nutritional bang for your buck along the way. You know, one of the things we do here at Decal that really should be copied in corporate America as well as other state agencies is this wellness committee. Mm-hmm. And I know you're part of that. Uh, and then we also have the wellness snack baskets. That's a great idea, don't you think, just to make it available to to folks? Yeah, I think I always say if you make the healthier choice, the easy choice, people will choose right. it. When you have a cheaper option, when you have a nutrition nutrient dense option, and when you have it there and available rather than having to, you know, go up and down the elevator to go to where you're getting it, you're more likely to choose those items. Mm-hmm. Our group actually probably takes a loss. They do a lot of fundraisers during the year to keep it uh, to a a reasonable rate. All right, so we got to get to this before we wrap up today. On exercise, gym memberships we know go way up at the first of the year, then seem to drop by spring and summer. You can get to that elliptical a lot better in, oh, I don't know, June than you could have in January. But what are some sustainable things we can do, especially uh, around the office uh, setting, to try to stay in shape. Absolutely. And I, I'd be curious to see the data on the numbers for the yeah. gym memberships at right. those times of the year. I think bringing in physical activity into your day is really just a shifting of the mindset. It's looking at it from a more holistic approach. How can we integrate it in? So that could be something such as having a standing desk, getting up and moving, um, transferring some of your meetings to having them as walking meetings rather than sitting at a table and discussing versus them. Um, opting for, this is a big one in our building, opting for the stairs versus right. the yeah, elevator. Even if it's just one floor, that's one thing that you've done to increase your physical activity throughout the day. So mm-hmm. it's just those, I, I, I like to say, it's those simple baby steps yeah. that you can make along the way that make a big difference. So Diana's office is on the eighth floor. I would walk the stairs yeah, to eight. I've done I'm not that. sure if I'd go past that, though, so <laughs> maybe what, I should next time. What's really bad is uh, I was trying to balance a lot of things going from seven to eight once, and when the elevator opens and you get on and there are other people on there that are going to 20 and you hit eight, yeah. you just feel bad you feel guilty. about yourself. You do. Yeah. So, um, Diana, I've got to ask you, I know it's been a few months. Are you enjoying the role, and um, do you see a lot of opportunity? Yes, absolutely. I I have told all of my family and friends that this is my dream job after college. I never expected to find something that integrated in community and employee wellness and um, creating interventions and farm to early care. And when I read the job description, I had 24 hours to apply for it. And I was like, this is it. This is my job. This is what I love doing. And there's just a lot of opportunity. And there's a lot of opportunity from the state level where we can provide resources and education materials from the state level down. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Folks are listening here. Maybe they're under conviction at this point about what they're doing. What's your best advice to just the average listener starting right now? to get on a better track when it comes to both their physical activity and nutrition? I think the 
biggest, I'll say two things. So one thing is just becoming aware of your hunger cues. I think that's one of the biggest things that we have a gap in between and becoming aware of our thoughts when we eat. So are we eating for boredom? Are we eating because we're anxious or are we eating because we're actually hungry and becoming aware of those thoughts. And the other thing I would say is when making your plate, looking at it like USDA's My Plate, where you have half your plate's fruits and vegetables, a quarter of your plate protein and a quarter of your plate grain, and then you have your dairy on the side. I think that's a much more realistic way than the pyramid that we grew up and mm-hmm. trying to fit that on a plate. Mm-hmm. That's great. Advice. Can I just say that I ran into Diana and her very, very nice mom having lunch one day oh. in the cafeteria. What was she having? Well, I didn't notice what they were having, oh. but they came, over, <laughs> they came over to my table and that was the day I indulged in a shrimp quesadilla oh my with the chips. Oh. I've never felt so guilty. <laughs> Diana's going to hold us all accountable. Oh, my life. Yeah. Do you find, because of your background, (laughs) do people invite you to lunch? And if they do, do they all go for the salad that day? (laughs) They do. And I also have this fear when I'm in the the, um, cooking up my food in the microwave or something, people always look at, what do you have today? I know you have something good. And my diet is not always perfect. And I think that's good to recognize is that we're not all perfect. We all make mistakes. And looking at it from a whole body perspective rather than a diet mindset we can do this. We yeah. can have balance in our lives like right. that. Yeah, you got to draw a line in the sand for one thing. And sometimes it does take a wake-up call, like a bad diagnosis of a bad health thing um, to get you back on track. But uh, whatever it takes, the inspiration is always there. Diana, uh, we want to have you back uh, to talk about more things. Yeah. Um, and uh, next time, bring some samples. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, <laughs> some taste testing. Yes, some of the snacks would be good. Yes. Maybe some pineapple fries. I don't know. Uh, several of the things you mentioned sounded great. If folks want to get in touch with you, uh, what should they do? They can email me at diana.myers, and it's M-Y-E-R-S at decal.ga.gov, or you can call me at 404-463-8288. And I'd be happy to talk to you because I always tell people a lot of times when they have questions, it actually inspires me to do research mm-hmm. on that. So when there's a question that I don't know, it gives me further information. So please ask me questions. Please contact me. We will. We're just so excited to have an expert nutrition yes, health educator. Exciting in the organization and Diana is happy to help you and you can tell she's got a great personality and uh, very knowledgeable so uh, this is your first time we look forward to the next time thank you (laughs) thank you for having me now your questions from the water cooler my name is Lisa Ramajan I'm with the finance department my question to the commissioner is due to the recent renovations we did in on the six seven and eight floor lobby area what do you think the public would say about our new look? Well, Lisa, first of all, I know you were in charge of all those renovations and working <laughs> with the Georgia Building Authority to get those renovations done. So thank you for doing such a great job. And boy, does it make a difference. That really was does. a long time coming. The carpet on the walls had been there since the uh, the building opened, I think, in the 70s or 80s. The floors were falling apart in places. Um, and at first, you know, I, I've always had an issue with it. Um, But I was like, it was just aesthetic. Should we really spend money on that? But then I really think it kind of became a health issue. Like it was Mm. the the floors were a little uneven and what was in that carpet. Mm -hmm. So I hope that the public is like, wow, we're going to a nice, clean state agency building now. But more importantly, I hope that our staff feel um, like we we spent some money and we hope that it makes it better as they walk into their offices every day. I think it brightens the place up and just... It's it's a whole different feel. It makes you feel better walking into your office every day. Now, is that happening all throughout the Twin Towers? No, it's really up to each agency. Yeah, so um, I'm surprised that they haven't been able to do that, but we thought it was important that we do it for our staff. 
And it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. Big thanks to our sponsors, Crystal, College Football Hall of Fame, Quick Trip, Stone Mountain Park, and The School Box. How would you like to win something from one of those nice places? Just answer this question correctly. We'll draw from all the correct answers. Your question for this time, how many children are considered food insecure in Georgia? How many children are considered food insecure in Georgia? Answer that question correctly. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.